1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. So that's what today is all about. Um, maybe you heard of a guy named G.K. Chesterton. He was the C.S. Lewis of his generation. He lived in the late 1800s and he died about 1936. Now, by the way, one of his contemporaries was the famous uh, George Bernard Shaw, and Shaw was the most famous atheist of that time. And if Shaw was the most famous atheist, Chesterton was probably the most famous Christian. Shaw wrote that well, well-known book, Why I Am Not a Christian. Chesterton wrote the book, Why I Am Not an Atheist. <laughs> now, however, that's not the title he used. He used the title Orthodoxy. Um, it is, it is a, one of the best Christian classics ever written. It is brilliant. It is beautiful. It is breathtaking. It is so moving. It is so full of life and love and wonder and joy. And, and it's like, this is why I'm a Christian and why I am not an atheist. Uh, Chesterton was one of those individuals that had more life in him than anybody you would ever meet. He was passionate about everything. And literally, there are certain qualities in him that just spilled over in, in everything he wrote. He wrote 100 books, and everybody he met, like wonder, delight, humility, joy, reverence, worship, those things are all part of who he was. There was an exuberance about his life. And in some ways, Chesterton's whole life is a shout-out to Paul's words in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all things. Oh, and my word, he, he said so many things about gratitude. Some of my favorite quotes in all of human history come from, from Chesterton about gratitude. Uh, one of those is, is the, the crucial thing when it comes to life is that you and I learn how to take things not for granted, but to take them with gratitude. Wow, if we could just learn that one thing, because today you're gonna have so many encounters with so many people, so many things that we just take for granted. But, but Chesterton says, oh, learn how to take them with gratitude. I wonder what that would be like if we could do that, how much better our life would be, how much better the life of those around us would be. Uh, here's another thing he said, like, he believes that the very highest form of thinking and speaking is, is that of thanksgiving. I mean, when, when, when our, our thoughts and words are full of thanksgiving, that is when Chesterton says we are most fully human and fully alive. And then he went on and said this thing called gratitude. It's like you take happiness and we all enjoy happiness, but you take happiness and you double it with wonder, with reverence and all. And that's the experience of gratitude. It's like, I'm happy, but I'm happy with just delight and wonder that why should I be so blessed to have these things in my life? And, and maybe one more that, that he winds up saying, is, and that is like, like admiration, uh, appreciation, I'm sorry, appreciation is what, it's like what life is all about. And he said, there's no sense going through life not being full of appreciation. I think in this, he is really, really close to the great Westminster Shorter Catechism. What's the chief end of women and, and men here on planet Earth? Was well, to glorify God, to appreciate God, to affirm God, acknowledge God for who he is. And then as we're doing that with rejoicing and thanksgiving, there's joy then to enjoy him and enjoy everything he gives us forever. I mean, Chesterton is just full of thoughts like that that are literally, uh, that, that just oriented how he lived, which is why his life was such a shout out for Paul's words in 1 Thessalonians. Hey, if we want to get a little more contemporary with something we might be a bit more familiar with, how about this? You know, the glass half empty or half full. Yeah, so we, you know, we've all seen that. And the optimist says, well, the glass is half full. And the 
pessimist says the glass is half. And the psychologist asks, well, how do you feel about your glass of water? The pragmatist says, well, go turn on the faucet and fill up your glass. The engineer looks and says, somebody did a really bad design. They made the glass twice as big as it needed to be. The scientist looks and says, no, the glass is always full. Half of water and half of air. Paul and Chesterton. They say, it doesn't matter if the glass is half full or half empty. Drink the water, enjoy it, and praise God for having water. I mean, that's just, that's just the way to, uh, to live. And yet gratitude can be so, so challenging. Isn't it hard sometimes to be grateful? And isn't it easy to grumble? Does anybody ever have a little trouble grumbling? I actually went and looked up the word grumble and I came up with all kinds of interesting, interesting synonyms. And by the way, a lot of them have like the GR. So, so listen, uh, grumble, uh, grouch, gripe. How about this one, grouse, grouse. When I, when I saw the word, I remember my old grandma Sowers, Pennsylvania Dutch grandma Sowers, and every now and then she used to say to me, and I guess I, sh this, I Brian, stop grousing, stop grousing. I, I guess it goes pretty far back in my history about being able to grumble. Uh, so, yeah. so hey, if you wanna just like surprise somebody this week, if they start to grumble, hey, just say stop grousing so much. And, and, by, and by the way, the word, the word grievance, you know, we, we oftentimes think of grief as just sadness. The, the word grieve, grievance, actually means to bitterly complain about something. And that's striking. And, and yet it just seems so easy to fall into those things. And at times it can be so difficult to have gratitude in our lives. Um, does anybody here just think, man, I'm just way too grateful Every now and then you think, you know, I've just been so darn positive. I've got to start complaining a little more just to get the balance. <laughs> you know, they, uh, have you heard of a gratitude journal or diary? Maybe some of you have actually used a gratitude diary. If you go online, Amazon, or if you even just do a Google search for, for gratitude journal, all kinds of PDFs will come up uh, where you can, can download them and print them out and use them, or you can just go and buy a, a, you know, a little more expensive diary journal fight a type. And the whole point is like every day, write down some things for which you are grateful. Three things, five things, 10 things. And, and really one of the, the best ways to do that is just say, hey, what are some things I'm taking for granted that my life would really be much less without. And instead of taking those for granted, take them with gratitude and write them down and then just practice gratitude all day long about those things. I mean, it's wonderful. What if, what if we all did like a 30-day gratitude challenge? In fact, how about if we go to the end of the year, 2023, where we want to be as full of gratitude, rejoicing, and thanksgiving as we can. Do you think your life would start to be a whole lot better and the same for all those people around you? What do you think? How about if we all try and do that, a gratitude experiment for the rest of 2023? By the way, uh, I, was, I was doing a little searching. I had this weird thought. I said, I, I wonder if there's like a, a criticism journal. And I couldn't find one, but I did, find, I did find a grievance journal. I mean, it's actually there on Amazon. And I, I didn't buy it. <laughs> but I, I did look at a sample. I mean, it was vulgar. I mean, now, by the way, I think the author actually had some 
okay intentions. The author wanted you to get down on paper all your grievances so you don't get them out there in the air uh, for the other people here, but, but just like spew, vent, rant, rave, just get all of your darkest, you know, ugliest thoughts down. I mean, oh my word. And, and using some vulgar things just to get you thinking. And again, I, I think the author says, well, it's better to get it out on paper than in the face of the person. But, but listen, as soon as you start thinking that way, you're starting to burn these like neural pathways in your mind of negativity and criticism and grievance. And you keep on doing that. Whatever you think on expands. And after a while, those, those pathways become roads and pretty soon a highway that's leading you to really, really bad places. Uh, you guys know C.S. Lewis's book, The Great Divorce, one of my favorite books. And The Great Divorce is a story of people who get a chance to visit the outskirts of heaven to see if they might want to be there and leave where they are in purgatory and where they're headed if they don't change. So they get to come to heaven to see if they like it. All they have to do is let go of the things that are keeping them in purgatory and heading the wrong direction. Just let go of those things. Well, one of the people that he talks about is a, a woman and and the person that she meets who's in heaven, all she's doing is grumbling and complaining and being critical. And she's so unhappy that she doesn't want to just keep her unhappiness to herself. She wants to make everybody else unhappy. By the way, that's what the grumbler does. They don't just want to keep the, gr <clears throat> the grumble to themselves. They want to pass it on. And, and as Lewis is watching this woman grumble and resist all efforts to have a little bit of happiness, she starts to get smaller and smaller until literally she just disappears. And Lewis asked, what happened? And his guide says, well, she started life as a woman, but in the end, she became nothing more than a grumble. And there's no place for grumbles in the beautiful kingdom of God in eternity. I mean, wow, like, you know, we get into these sort of grumbling, grieving, grousing, griping modes, and they just can lead you out of some really bad places along the way. Gratitude is so important, yet it's so difficult. Chesterton says, gratitude being almost the greatest of all human duties is also the most difficult. And so therefore, from time to time, we need some help. We need some reminders, we need some encouragements, and maybe some practice. And, and maybe in one sense, that's kind of what today is, Cardboard Sunday, is a day for you and I to, to practice gratitude by hearing the stories of so many people who are so grateful for so many things. Cardboard Sunday is a day uh, that we just simply remember that God is at work. Jesus in the Gospel of John says, my father has always had his work and I too am working to this very day. That's gonna be true for every person that'll be up here. God is at work in their lives. And by the way, he's at work in your life every single day. And all we want to do is have our eyes open to see what it is he's doing and then be grateful and say, thank you. Cardboard Sunday is the day when we realize that God is sovereign and he is in control. It doesn't matter what's going on because he is taking all things and bringing good out of all things that happen to us, even some of the craziest, wildest stuff that we don't like. God is in control and we rejoice at that. And we know that he's got, he's got us. He's got this. Cardboard Sunday is a day when we realize that we have been saved by grace and we are secure in the love of God. And there's nothing in all the creation that can separate you from the love that God has for you. Nothing can separate you from the love that God has. And man, if that's not a cause for sheer joy and gratitude. Cardboard Sunday is a day when we realize that Every day is a gift. Today is a gift. This is a day, Psalm 118. This is a day the Lord has made. So therefore, let us rejoice and be glad in it. And not only is the day itself a gift, but, but God will have so many gifts for you today. 
we read in the book of James that every good and perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of heavenly lights, who loves to give good gifts to you and I. And all we need to do is have our eyes open to not take them for granted, but to take them with gratitude. Cardboard Sunday is a day when we realize that, man, we are not who we once were. You are not who you used to be. Isn't that great? You are no longer who you once were. And by the way, you're not yet who you will one day be, but you're getting there, and every day you can get closer and closer. And in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, the apostle Paul says, I am confident of this, that he who has begun a good work in you, the one who is working in your life right now, he's going to continue to work in your life until the very end, and then eventually he'll take you home and everything will be complete. And that is a cause for rejoicing. He's continuing to work, and he's going to take you and I to the end. Hey, let me just use Chesterton one more time. Chesterton says... Christianity, life, is the good things of God running wild. Isn't that beautiful? Today is a day when God is just unleashing the good things that he has to you, and they're just running wild through your life, running wild through this church, running wild through the world. And our, our job is just to see all the good things of God running wild and not take them for granted, but to take them with gratitude. Every single person who's going to be walking up here and telling their story, every single one, they will all tell you, hey, I am not even close to being done. But what I'm doing today is I'm celebrating and I'm rejoicing as a testament for here's what God has done so far. That is a cause for celebration. And they're also saying, I am trusting that with Jesus Christ, the best is always yet to come. And so today, as we are, are, are hearing their stories of God's transforming presence. Let's also be very aware of the story that he has going on in your life right now. And let's just rejoice together with them.